is this just the episode where we talk about X-Men knockoffs? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that should be the title of the episode. The one in which we talk about X-Men Welcome to issue number 178 of the Bad Gaudy Funky Podcast. Tonight, we're going to remind, rewind for a show that's designed to make sure that you're never behind on current geek vents. Uh, But before we do any of that, let's see who's joining us. We have TV's Casey. Hey. Dot Chris. Oh my gosh, I'm here. (laughs) And I'm yours for the evening, Booster Egg. Now that we've gotten all of that business out of the way gentlemen what happened this week i watched all of the umbrella academy on netflix which is the live action adaptation of the gerard way gabriel ba comic it is about uh seven young individuals who all have a mysterious circumstance at birth are purchased by an eccentric millionaire and tasked to be a crime fighting team over the years, things go wrong. One dies, another disappears into time and space. And they all grow distant, apart, jaded people until the death of their eccentric father brings them all together once again. Hmm. And even more of a fracas ensues, if you can believe it. A fracas, you say? It's an it's a fracas. It's a fracas. What is a fracas? I don't think I've ever. I think heard a that. fracas is more of a fight. <laughs> there is some fighting. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, it's like a ruckus uh, in Fraggle Rock. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Something like that. Okay. (laughs) Hey, this is written by the... I don't think you mentioned this earlier, or if you did, I wasn't paying attention. This is the co-written by the dude from My Chemical Romance. Yeah. Mr. Gerard Way is is quite the accomplished comic book writer now, which is very interesting. I asked him how he he was doing. He said, I'm not okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's all those uh, visits to the Black Parade. I don't know what's doing. Teenagers, you know? Scare the shit out of me. me. (laughs) Hey. Nice. Yeah, I've been um, going back and reading the comic. I've had the graphic novel for a little bit of time now. And I read it. I started reading it. I didn't really enjoy it that much. And then I started watching the show. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back and and just give another chance. Because the show has just been really grabbing me. Just a lot of the concepts kind of behind it. And the comic is way different than the show. It's real weird. It's real. We it's so the show is very much. It's, it's like I really like it. It's wonderful. It's grounded in reality, in kind of the same sense that like I guess you would say Brian Singer's first X, first two X Men movies were kind of were, where you can kind of see this happening in our world. Not too much of a deviation. Well, it whereas, does also have Ellen Page in both. Well, that's true. X Men and well, yeah. If there's one being out there that grounds anything in reality. It's Ellen Page. It's, it's Ellen Page. <laughs> sure. Um, but anyways, the, the comic is just over the top ridiculous. And they, they go over what the show goes over in four or five episodes in the first two or three pages. Yeah. And it's it's kind of kind of nuts, but um, the it's, show it's is somehow so- decompressed and super compressed all at the same time because yeah. they take a bunch of elements from 
the second series, yeah, which is a time travel story, which is probably yeah. where the second season will go. They just they mixed it all together in like a big blender, and they're like, all right, we took the core concepts of everything here, we we made it work for a television audience. It's still pretty safe. Yep. Let's hope you enjoy it. Also, Gerard and Ray Toro did a bunch of music for it. Oh. Yeah. Ultimately, I mean, they got a pretty good cast on there, right? You got Ellen Page. Uh, you got one of the guys from Misfits, who is wonderful. Yeah, he plays the seance. Yeah, he plays pretty much the same character that he plays in everything that I've seen, <laughs> yeah. which is the, the drugged-up outsider of the family, which I'm all about. Very, like, like mild Tyler Durden-esque clothing is how I guess I could best put it. No shirt? Well. Uh, shirt, but, like, tight sometimes, brightly colored mm, yeah. uh, underneath Open. a drab jacket. Gotcha. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Uh, they have, which who I think is the most wonderful character, uh, number five, who never actually got a full name because he decided when he was, what, 13 in this? In the comic, it's he's, he's eight or nine. He's 10. Show. He's like 10 or 11. Yeah. He can, manip- he can bend time and space, so he can teleport, essentially. And he wants to time travel. And their father, the great Reginald Hargreaves, says, no, you can't do that. Like, you're not ready. And he's like, no, I'm ready. You know what I'm talking about. He goes... If what was the line he says? If like, if if teleporting is like a ripple in the ocean, then um, time travel is like jumping full on in and coming through the other side as an acorn. And he's like, "What does acorns have to do with it?" He goes, "That's exactly why you're not ready." Yeah. And it's probably not that quote, but it was something ridiculous like that. So he goes, you know what we're talking about? Storms away from dinner and teleports into the past, into the future, into the future. And it's an apocalyptic 20, 20 years in one week. 20 years in one week. And it, everything's gone. and Everything's dead. And he spends the next 55-ish years trying to get back. And he does. And when he does, he gets back into his 11-year-old body. Yeah. So he's seen some shit. It's, falls in love with a mannequin becomes a time assassin oh it's great <laughs> um he is in the body of a child but has the adult mannerisms so it's like it's it's just so cool to watch him yeah. like he's sitting there at the donut shop and he's just like asking for black coffee and the lady there is like okay <laughs> and he's like pulling up casual conversation with the guy next to him and the guy's like all right like there's always murders like, an entire diner full of people oh, like a grown ass so cool. man because he's essentially he can teleport he's like nightcrawler style so he like all these SWAT guys come in and he just kills them all <laughs> it's, it's so like he's my favorite character yeah it's I think kid actors these days are getting real real good yeah this yeah. there's no Macaulay Culkin though that dude was ridiculous no. <laughs> yeah the, the top of the heap I don't know this, this guy this actor he's really like he makes you believe that this actually happened and like the the clothes he wears and the way his hair sometimes kind of gets a little messed up it's kind of like don draper-esque where like at first it's like very finely quaffed and then he gets into some shit and it's a little bit off but not too off hmm. um other notable mentions on this there's talking monkey that they never really explain yeah how that happened dr phineas pogo pogo oh it's so cool Pogo's the best who uh they also have a character whose name is rumor and she can pretty much make you do whatever she says as long as she said i heard a rumor that so purple uh killgrave yeah all right yeah killgrave but but restricted better nice because she can warp reality around it uh there's space boy 
who has super strength, got into a horrible accident. It was one of his last missions and was replaced with a Martian gorilla body. Yeah. So the professor, I, th- I think in the show, it's not Martian gorilla, though. I think it's just a gorilla. Yeah, probably just a regular yeah. one. So he's like about to die. So they perform some like risky procedure and he just has a gorilla body uh, and he lives on the moon. Collecting moon dust and sending it back. Yep. There's there's seance, which uh, can talk to the dead. And as we find out kind of towards the end, he can actually interact with them uh, and summon them to do his bidding. Um, there's the white violin, a.k.a. I can't remember her, her, her real name. Vanya. Vanya. Who ends up. Uh, it was Ellen Page. Who is thought to have no yeah, powers. Yeah, she's told her entire life that she's nothing special about her. She has no powers. Turns out she's the most powerful of them all. And she's been taking uh, medication unknowingly suppressing her abilities she's also dangerously unstable oh yes yes so that's a lot of fun wait question uh, can we yes. address the like massive elephant in the room right now the massive half man half gorilla the elephant room? or the gorilla uh dealer's choice so how similar to this is x-men it's like if my chemical romance wrote an x-men comic oh i, I, I can't even imagine something like that <laughs> couldn't happen well, the the premise is the premise is kind of similar so yeah. there's a it's a superhero school yeah. sort of yeah. all the kids are adopted by the professor yeah. which is a little different than x-men where you know he scooped them all up at the earliest as teenagers yeah. all of them have the same origin for their powers they were they happen to be born on the same day yeah. As like 47 other people yeah 47 people on the planet were born on the same day but their mother was not pregnant before hmm. that day Interesting. Yeah. 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 They just kind of popped out yeah. and the ones that survived survived. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 great. I watched it with Emily. She actually, uh, the first couple episodes, she was unsure. And then I think it was after three or four, maybe it have been three. She was like, all right, I'm going to watch the rest of this. Because I was like, if you're not going to watch this, let me know. Because I'm going to binge the shit out of this immediately. <laughs> uh, ultimately, I would say I'd give it like a solid thumbs up, four to five stars. It's a really good adaptation of the material. I think if it interests you enough to sit down and watch, pick up the comic book. Yeah. It's a little more weird. It's definitely more comic booky and more entrenched in superhero nonsense yeah. than the show is. Yeah. Uh, but you get all the same character beats for the most part. Yeah. Oh, and Hydra. How can I forget about Hydra? <laughs> the Kraken. The Kraken. You mean? Yeah. The Kraken, who can just kill anyone with a knife. He's, he's like Bullseye. Yeah, I really thought that's one of the big changes. In the, well, I, I don't know if it's a big change, but it's one of the changes from book to show. Yeah. In the book, his power is to he can hold his breath indefinitely. Interesting. Which you think is not a great superpower, no, but that's not you know, it's something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd take it between not having a superpower, but he just trains himself to throw knives really good. Yeah, that works. Yeah. It's all it's all good. I recommend it. You should give it a watch. It's on Netflix right now, and when it has a killer killer cliffhanger. Uh, speaking of comic book adaptations that are on specific or I guess exclusively on uh, streaming platforms, if you guys have not watched Doom Patrol, I can't believe I'm going to say this. If you guys have not watched Doom Patrol, you, you're doing yourself a disservice. Hey, Greg, what's Doom Patrol? Oh, <laughs> Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol is is a um, if you want to talk about X-Men knockoffs, also. Hey, now, hold kinda. on. They technically predate the X-Men. Kind, I'm, okay, that's fair. That's fair. By a month. That's, <laughs> mm, that's fair. Just, just that level of parallel thinking yeah. back in 1962. So, um, the Doom Patrol 
is a comic book uh, team of kind of monsters, misfits, uh, people that don't belong in normal society that all kind of live under the same roof. They all have abilities of some kind, but they're not as pretty, let's say, as Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman. Um, no. This specific adaptation first debuted in the wonderful, and I say that very facetiously, DC Universe Titans television show. Uh, they first debuted there, kind of. Um, I think the only person that was on that that is in um, Doom Patrol is Brendan Fraser. No, they had Negative Man. No, 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 but that wasn't Matt Bomber doing the voice. Was it? I think they recasted most of it for this. Oh. Well, the sure. it's the same actress for Elastigirl, isn't it? Oh, maybe, yeah. That might be it, too. But so he yeah. here's what the team consists of. So you have, well, you have a bad scientist, let's say. That kind of lives out in this mansion in the middle of nowhere. And he kind of runs a school for the gifted, if you will. No, like a, a safe haven for the gifted. He brings on um, Elastigirl. Not to be confused with The Incredibles Elastigirl, but rather yeah. she was a movie star in the 50s, I believe. And yep. she was not the nicest person, a bit of a prima donna. Uh, gets into an accident on set, breathes in some weird liquid, and all of a sudden, she starts melting. Unstable molecules. Yeah, she gets all melty, and she kind of kind of turns into like the Blob, essentially, but not from like the X Men Blob, like from like the classic horror movies Blob, that kind of thing. Um, she it's gross. She it's not very pretty. She is pretty much well put together, except when she gets very emotional. So she's pretty much very cold and distant for most of the show. And when she can't contain it, she gets blobby. You have a robot man who is played by Brendan Fraser, or I should say really morally voiced by Brendan Fraser, who is an ex-NASCAR racer star from the 90s, uh, late 80s, early 90s, who gets into an accident and ends up decapitating his wife and I believe himself. So he and is and thought to be and, his daughter, thought to have killed his daughter, but we later found that's not the case. Uh, his brain, uh, the chief, is what they call uh, the man, the professor that lives in the middle of nowhere. Uh, Doctor Niles called the chief ends up taking his brain and putting it into a robot body. It works on it over the next twenty years or so. So there's that. Um, there is Negative Man, who is played by Matt Bomber, who was in the I want to say seventies. I think he came from. Where he was, uh, no, he's he's also from the fifties. Oh, is he okay? Uh, yeah, from back in the day, uh, stuntman extraordinary, or not stuntman, actually test pilot extraordinaire, very much Hal Jordan esque, except he has uh, a little secret that he's not comfortable in bringing out into the forefront because he also has a wife and daughter, but he's secretly gay and in love. He's flying a test rocket, ends up getting into an accident. And Some energy spirit possesses his body. Yep. Enables him to survive with some pretty gross-looking burns yep. that make Deadpool look extremely handsome yeah, by comparison. it's not great. Yeah, it's really not uh, a good look. And he pretty much just lives as a human mummy. Well, that's ironic that Brendan Fraser's in this movie as well. Huh. Strange. Yeah, hey. Right. I didn't put that together. Huh. Um, you also have um, Cyborg shows up in episode two for a little bit. Uh, yep. Again, 
he's actually a pretty good adaptation of the character. I don't care for the character much he's at all, fine. but I did. Cyborg with his dad as uh, his man in the chair yep. fighting crime in Detroit. Yep. Has a great little scene in episode two with Brendan Fraser with Robot Man. Just yeah. a goat. It's great. And Crazy Jane is the last person bringing up the line. Crazy Jane, who has how many personalities? 27. <laughs> Too many. Too many. <laughs> Too many to count. They all live in a mysterious place called the underground inside her mind. Each one has its own power. Yep. It's great. And also Alan Tudyk as Mr. Nobody. Yes. Who was a German, around Nazi Germany, who paid a crazy scientist a ridic- ridiculous amount of money to give him powers. And he has the ability to just, like, do whatever he wants. In the comics, I think it's just he messes with people's mental state. But in this adaptation, he can just pretty much do whatever he wants, it looks like. Yeah. And what he wants to do is just fuck with the chief and the Doom Patrol. Well, he he also has an awareness of his fictional nature, yep. which is pretty... Yeah, very much it's not something we haven't... I mean, we have seen it in comics every once in a while, but to see yeah. it in a television show, I think, is pretty interesting. Oh, yeah. No, this, this, this show, uh, I watched it on of boredom whim and i loved it so much i watched the first episode i think twice i just like immediately it was like all right let's play it again um it's got great humor the production value on it is actually not the best but it adds to it in my opinion uh when it wants to be good production value it is but for the most part it doesn't really care um the acting is great uh, and also we didn't say this the chief is played by timothy dalton yes who's Oh, fantastic actor. He brings some real credibility to this program. And a license to kill. And a license to kill. Indeed. <laughs> um, and he's also, like, I've, we've said this before in the show, but for me, Timothy Dalton, you never really trust him. And that's a, an important part of the chief, in my opinion, is he seems warm and fuzzy, but there's just something off about him. And it turns out he's not really the nicest of he's guys. He's got that, that smiling Simon Skinner charm. Yeah. And he'll, but he'll turn on you. Yeah. So uh, if you haven't watched this and you have the DC Universe uh, app, please do yourself a favor and please watch it. I, I can't believe, again, I can't believe I'm saying this because I was one of the most skeptical people, I think. Uh, but it's wonderful. It's well-written. It's it's everything you want. If you like something like, um, like if you like Buffy, if you like um, classic Joss Whedon humor, if you also enjoy kind of Guardians of the Galaxy as well, it also has that kind of vibe for me. Uh, it's, just, it's just great. Yeah, I, th- I think if you want to show that for one, doesn't take itself too seriously, knows yep. the source material it's coming from, and is just going to yep. revel in, like, it's just, this is the kind of show that you pop on and you're like, all right, buddy, it's time to get weird. We're watching Doom Patrol. <laughs> it's not It's not without its emotional investment. No. I will say oh, that. man. All of these I characters mean, ca- are tragic. All of them. They all have tragic backstories, and, like, the first episode really lays it on thick with robots. They punch you right in the gut and yeah. off, over and over again. Just when you he think... It's sad enough. It Ugh. gets sadder. He has to um, relearn how to walk. So the way he does it is he visualizes when he taught his daughter how to walk upstairs. And man. Thank God for Alan Tudyk doing the narration. Oh my because God. talk like he'll bring you right back into giggling. It's all good. It's, it's all a wonderful. good time. Would yeah. you say that everything is awesome? Well, if you're talking about something else, everything is not awesome. Guys, I want to tell you about a little movie I saw this week that I actually enjoyed. It's called (laughs) The Lego Movie 2. Yeah. Okay. I love The Lego Movie 1. It was the first movie in a long time. I laughed like 
wholeheartedly start to finish. Mm. And I was very excited for the Lego Movie 2. And I laughed from start to finish. So I don't care how good y'all say it is, how bad y'all say it is. I enjoyed the hell out of myself. I mean, you probably care if that everyone says it's really. Good. I was I was personally just referring to the song "Everything's Not Awesome." Oh, thank God! In the movie, thank God. Yeah, oh. I love the film too. Oh man, I thought you were about to just like I thought I was ready to fight you. Like my gloves gloves are off. No, sir. No, sir. Um, it was really fun. It was has all the same kind of humor that you have in there. Um, they got you know the whole cast came back, all the quips. Mm-hmm. Pop culture references were all there. Even Will Ferrell? He, uh, kind of. Let's just say he's there. Okay. He's not forgotten about. Okay. That's good. Casey, okay. what, did you tell me about how you liked it? How did you like it? Well, first of all, the idea of the two kids recreating all of the father stuff now that it's you know hands-on in the basement. You get this post-apocalyptic Legoland. Which is like the coolest thing yeah, I've, really cool. I've ever wanted. <laughs> like it's like a beat up Statue of Liberty, and Batman's all gussied up with like tire shoulders and whatnot, and everybody's just going about their lives. And it's like things have changed. We're all grim and broody now. It's like, but it's still all part of the story in the teenage son's imagination. I love that aspect of it. I I love that they still managed to not just take it in like a minions kind of direction where it's like hey despicable me actually had kind of a story about a guy who's a bad guy but he adopts a bunch of nice kids but now all people care about are the minions and you know everything else is out the window i was hoping and praying that the lego movie wouldn't be like all right now that we've got all that family feel-good stuff out of there we're just going to focus on the lego characters and their adventures in this world where everything comes together but no oh no they made it about a brother and a sister they did it's oh it's so good so say you get the the similar heartfelt feels that you got from the first one. Um, I was a little, uh, you know, walking in. I was excited, but I was a little nervous because Lego Batman. It was really it was really good. Um, I just didn't think it was kind of this as good as Lego Movie. And same thing with like I didn't think Lego Batman was good. At yeah, all. I, I didn't think it was it was great. Um, Lego Ninjago also like kind of funny, but like even worse than Batman. Didn't even yeah, it's not, it's really not worth the time your your time. I've made yeah. a huge mistake. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, this one was phenomenal. Was absolutely phenomenal. Did not did not skip a beat from the last one, which is really cool. Um, some stuff is kind of predictable, but it doesn't really matter because it's fun. Um, they got like there's lots of Bruce Willis jokes, which I think is kind of funny. Is that actually Bruce Willis? It was actually Bruce Willis. They did get oh, Bruce man. Willis to be Bruce Willis. Why were there a lot of Bruce Willis? Um, they're literally crawling through a vent and go. You, they run into Bruce Willis, who's just crawling through vents, and he lives there now. It's exciting. Yeah. It's, he's, it's just, he's just hanging out inside this evil lair. Yeah, just because. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> what? Just why they not? Pump into him like four times, and it's yeah. It's there's just, there's literally funny. there's like three or four cameos. Of, I can't explain it either. Yeah. Okay. It's right. it's whatever. It's Lego Movie. Um, yeah. They the aliens throw these adorable like stars and and hearts that have like the cutest friggin' voices, and they just make you. They just make them say like things, like oh hmm. the lights are dying, going out. This is horrible, <laughs> and it's just like. Oh my god, it's the most like heartbreaking thing, and it's so so funny. Chris Lord, uh, sorry, Chris Phil Lord and Chris Miller, do it again. Yeah, co-writers, yeah. directors, 
uh, who are also responsible for Into the Spider-Verse. So if you recently saw Into the Spider-Verse and enjoyed that... Uh, I'm sorry. Hold on. Oscar sorry. winning. My yeah. bad. If you haven't seen Oscar... Win- or if you have seen Oscar winning movie Into the Spider-Verse and you want to say, hey, I want to see another movie that's kind of like that um, as far as like the comedic timing and whatnot. It's all over it. Lego Movie 2. Highly mm. recommend. Okay. I'll have to wait for HBO and watch it. Wow. As I do with these things. Wow. Um, speaking of things we're going to have to wait for, they announced they had a, not a Nintendo Direct the other day, but a Pokemon Direct, where they announced the latest entry into the Pokemon franchise is going to be, uh, for those counting at home, the eighth generation. That's right, the eighth generation. Um, and it's going to be called Pokemon Sword and Shield. And it's going to be taking place in, I can't believe it's not London. That's Wait, Greg, didn't we already have a couple Pokemon games that just came out? We did. We had Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee that came out. But those were more rehashes of Pokemon Yellow. So first gen, oh, gen one. My goodness. Yeah. And, and if, if you liked that game and liked the creative changes that were made in that, man, are you going to be disappointed with uh, Sword <laughs> Did Shield? you want more of the same thing you've gotten for at least the past three Pokemon generations? I am. Wow. I, I mean, I can't say I'm surprised that it pretty much just looks like a slightly prettier of what we've seen before with different kinds of Pokemon. Hopefully these designs will be a little bit more inspired um, than, you know, vanilla ice cream Pokemon and candle that evolves into a chandelier Pokemon, like all those guys. Um, I was kind of hoping that the lessons learned from the Let's Go entries would be brought over into here. I understand that they don't want, they want to have wild battles again. I really just wish you could actually see them in the overworld, like you couldn't let's go, so you can actually actively avoid them instead of just randomly seeing Zubats and them like, or not randomly seeing, but them just like attacking Look, you. All you have to, people want an open world Pokemon game. That's That's what's got people up in arms. As soon as you give them yeah. an open world anything, they want more. You got an open yeah. world Zelda. Everybody thinks it's the best one ever made. But like, there's also that thing, you know, where as I'm sure anyone in retail will tell you, the customer is not always right. So it's one of those things where um, people say they want it, but the execution might not be all that they're living up to. I would rather wait another generation and have them do it well because Zelda was great. Zelda, I think, opens. Um, the floodgates for a lot of these franchises, but it lends very well to the open world. Wait a minute, are you are you saying that the other Pokemon games were not open world? No, they're kind of open. They're world. linear. You can't you can't skip a town. You go from town to town. You go to the town. You beat the gym. Or you yeah, go but, to the town. You get an HM so you can travel to the next town. Yeah, but you you yeah. have to like you need to make sure that by the end of the game you're leveled up enough and appropriately. To be able to do what you need to yeah. do, you you for the game like that where it's very level specific of where you're gonna be, um, like you you'd really need some sort of kind of steps. Buddy, I got a totally easy way to do it. Hit you it. Ready for this? Ready, go. All right. Yeah. You have a beginning town and you have an end town. Everything else you can kind of mash together. So you start in your starting village where you pick out your guy whatever and you end at the elite four realistically like yeah. there's probably post-game content like you fight red or whatever on top of mount silver that kind of stuff um mm-hmm. or you know you go to cerulean cave you catch you to that kind of thing i say you can walk or travel surf whatever from your starting town all the way to the elite four 
You don't have to do any Pokemon random battles. You don't have to fight any trainers. You can just, as if you were a normal person, walk mm-hmm. there and explore and see everything and look at shops and things like that. But the only way you can actually progress through the game to get to the end is to fight trainers, fight wild Pokemon, catch wild Pokemon, fight gym leaders, which are all yep. dynamic difficulty. Okay. So the game will always have like a preset level of challenge. You could do the gyms in any order that you want, but they'll always be scaled relative to your level. Oh, I disagree. No? I do. I do. Because a game that's like an RPG is fundamentally based on the fact that I need to be able to, if I beat, if I like actually grind out and actually go for that hard, like optional boss that I don't have to, that I don't have to fight that is inordinately hard mid game. You don't get that challenge if it if everybody is the same scale, as well as you don't have as much control over your leveling as you do if everything is dynamic, right? So like Pokemon, you can breeze through and you can or you can just kind of like power through and try to just beat things as quickly as you can, and even if you're under leveled, like go and fight something. But that it makes it just like so much more difficult than actually taking your time and spending some time in one area and taking the time to actually level up. I think the whole, the fundamentals of Pokemon is I have these monsters and I need to make them stronger so that I can actually beat these other challenges. If everything is dynamic, then you're having the same experience every single time you go to a new spot. Unlike an action game, like a, like a platform or something where you have a set, your character has a set amount of abilities that you know you hit this guy three times and he's dead pokemon works a a different way where it's based off of the amount of damage you do based off of your attack and power levels and whatnot yeah Yeah, but if the alternative is grinding i mean i mean that's a part of some people really like that yeah that's that's an rpg thing man that's why people play rpgs yeah i i think uh something maybe more akin to world of warcraft would have it kind of down where in in like there you could walk wherever you want will you probably die along the way if you get a little too high level yeah but you could literally just walk wherever you need to go and i think something like that i think a lot of people just with breath of the wild it was just like man i want this but pokemon <laughs> and there's so many like photoshops and all that stuff kind of going on and and that's not this and i think it's kind of it's it is like let's just call it what it is it's it's a little disappointing. I really, I, I mean so. the the fundamentals of Pokemon hasn't really changed. It's like it, we're basically been playing the same game over and over again since nineteen ninety. Right, but I, I think I think we're ready for that change, right? Like I, I think we're ready for that change when we got ice cream as Pokemon. Oh, I mean by, by or, like or a set of keys. One hundred percent, the Pokemon design like needs to the yeah. game needs to step to step up as far as like the different characters that you you can you get. But the actual mechanics of the story, the, the kind of the story journey that you go through, um, or or the the gameplay mechanics, should I say, the actual gameplay mechanics that you go through shouldn't really change that much. Picture this as a Pokemon game, and this is going to be more like, um, I guess, Pokemon Rescue. I think is what it was called. Instead of playing a as a Pokemon trainer, you play as an actual Pokemon. Oh, you're talking about the Mystery Dungeon games. Yeah. Mystery Dungeon. Imagine that. Third person, and you're just out in the wild. No, it's before people were putting Pokemon in little balls. You just run around and do your thing. 
you choose between the original 100 and let's say 140 45 because you're not going to be Mewtwo you're not going to be Zapdos you're not going to be Moltres you're not going to be Articuno but you can be like one of those like uh, standard breeds and just have adventures that would make the fighting more dynamic it wouldn't be a traditional RPG anymore it'd be more I'm thinking more Kingdom Hearts style where it's more action-y and you can pop specials and kind of all that stuff yeah. you would have the online play because your friends would be doing the same thing as different potential species like that's kind you of you want Pokemon turn- Pokemon tournament but like in uh, but but, not, but meet Zelda. Yes, <laughs> is exactly yeah, what you want. That's exactly what I want. <laughs> I want to walk around as a Machamp and punch my way through some mountains. <laughs> you guys just know I want to run around as a Crowlith all the time and just light things. Yeah, that's up true. Higher. Over Houndour? because if there's yeah oh yeah yeah actually over Houndour. I'm well it's not part of the original the original 150. That's true. That's true. All I do have a soft spot for Houndour. Or even Hound Doom because it kind of looks like one of my dogs. It does he does also I uh, like Growlithe because he also kind of looks like one of my dogs. I will say go- I think Gold and Silver is the uh, the best versions of Pokemon. Just saying, just really? saying. Wow. Well, Gold and Silver is two games in one. I know. You get all of Red, Blue, and Yellow in that yeah. game. I know. That's fair. Yeah. But then there's the, the the dogs that just randomly spawn. Yeah. The legendary dogs. Which drove me up a wall. I only <laughs> ever got. Entity. I like to imagine Greg as a Pokemon gym leader, where he's just he's just a dog themed dog. It's just dogs. He doesn't it's he doesn't dogs. have a type. It's just like it's, <laughs> it's like welcome dogs. to the dog gym. I love. dogs. Is there enough? Fight me. And uh, fight my dog. Are there enough dogs if you don't count Eevee? Vulpix. Vulpix is a fox. Oh. So you'll have <laughs> Growlithe, Hound, Growlithe, Arcanine, uh, Houndoom, Houndour. Um, Snubble. Puchiana. Oh, yeah. Smirgle's What'd a dog. Say? Oh, yeah. Snubble's yeah, a dog. Yeah, there's enough. They're never very, like, useful, though. They purposely do that just to spite me. I know Eevee's, it. I know what Eevee's definitely there. a dog. You think Eevee's I'm a dog? I'm pretty sure Eevee's a dog. I don't know. Because Jolteon um, looks like a like a dog, I think. Like a spiky dog? Yeah, they're, they're, they're dogs. The doggy. Uh, <laughs> Except for the freaking uh, dolphin dog as Vaporeon. Yeah, that's... <laughs> That's yeah. a little weird. But yeah, no, he's uh, definitely a dog. So with Pokemon Sword and Shield, they announced the three new starters. Not their evolutionary forms, just their three new starters. Uh, you have Grookey, who's kind of like quadrupedal monkey plant. He's a, yeah, he's a, he's a grass monkey. Grass monkey? The funky monkey. Um, you have for you Roger Rabbit, Bugs Bunny fans out there, you have a bipedal score bunny, who is a fire bunny. I mean, nothing too crazy about that. And then you have Sobble, who just breaks my heart. Yeah, the poor little the crying, crying chameleon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, those are kind of cool. I'm, as you know, disappointed to the fact that there's not a starter puppy that you can get. I was really kind of hoping for that. It's really going for it. They never, ever do it, though. There's no cat, either. Uh, there's, well, there have been several there, cats. Yeah, there was there? a starter cat last uh, last gen. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he evolves into um, the, the wrestler. Oh, my God. Incineroar. He evolves into Incineroar. Huh. Smash Brothers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, L- Litten. See, that's what I get for not yeah. playing Sun and Moon. That's what you're not. Yeah. You don't get that's a fire kitten. That's what you get. That's it. Uh, this game is coming out later this year for the Nintendo Switch, which actually is the first full Pokemon game that's not like an off title or anything to be on a home console. So there is that. This is the moment we've been waiting for, guys. 
Mm-hmm. We strike at dawn. I'm not getting it. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm over. Uh, I'm, I'll. I'll get it for sure. Really? But I mean, yeah. Which version? I'll get it. Uh, I don't know yet. I have to like, get more information. Okay. I have to figure out which version Growlithe is. In. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the one that you're going for. Purely Growlithe based. Yeah, that's the one that I'm going for. Well, that that's how I decided this last one. That works. Um, that's funny. Yeah. Oh, man. Speaking of things yep. that get updated, yep. because that's yep. the thing that we talk about now. Um, because I will not let it die, and I still sometimes <laughs> pick it up and shoot things in the face. Destiny 2, set mm-hmm. 4, it is its second installment of the um, season pass that we have on here. Uh, is called the Season of the Drifter. The last, so basically, the way this worked since uh, Forsaken dropped... We had the Forsaken kind of time period, and then they actually sold a season pass, which gives you three seasons. Uh, they first start off with Seasons of the Forge, where you would get uh, a gun that you would have to go kind of do challenges to upgrade to get kind of some high-powered weapons. Um, the second round of this that's going from March until May is Season of the Drifter. And they did finally announce what the third segment of the year is going to be. The year's going to be. It's called Season of Opulence, which will go between June and August. Hmm. So those of you that haven't actually been playing Destiny 2, um, the Drifter is the head of something called Gambit. Uh, Gambit is the kind of PvP, PvE hybrid where two teams face off against each other um, in their own kind of separate areas. They both try to defeat enemies and pick up motes of light. So the more moats that you get you can go to a bank and deposit them which then gives trouble for the guys on the other side they then have to fight through more enemies to get there and basically whoever deposits and fills up their moats of light bar um, and defeats their kind of final they call prime evil um, wins the match and so a lot of this kind of weird pve pve uh gameplay is kind of what we're going to be seeing in uh this new season of the drifter kind of all the challenges and activities are going to go around that we should just call that game mode ev yeah basically yeah yeah evp 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 <laughs> yeah uh bungie did just release a little like eight minute video today that gives goes over the particulars that's on there um yeah. but it does look like they are going to have a whole bunch of new content which is cool um power levels going up to 640 this is actually the first release since bungie split from activision it's probably in the in the works it's like been the worst but it's the first release since they did that yeah, they've enough. been working i'm very curious to see what comes out after. oh yeah when it's when yeah. it's kind of all on them so um yeah, we will see. Uh, apparently, some of the lore is going to dive a little bit more into what the uh, the nine. So there's has been always been these things called the nine that have been in the background doing some little things, and there's only been like whispers of what there is. But it looks like we'll get a little bit more insight into that. So for those that are into lore, of destiny, both of you out there, uh, you'll be excited. All two. I will not let destiny <laughs> die. I don't care. <laughs> I I still can't believe it's going to live forever. I do, I do. I I mostly like when they drop new things because I'm really bad at this game. Like I have a lot of fun with it, but I like I level up really fast as they like they basically designed the game to do. Sure, yeah. I I mean I might have played it if someone else got it, but you know he didn't. I just don't have any interest, man. The game is fun. I'm gonna give it that. When when 
I was playing it. I had a blast. The mechanics are very well polished. The co-op just always just seems to work really well. When they release something, I have found it's generally finished. I've never had a big issue except for that one time where I woke up at the ass crack of dawn to play like opening minute and it took like an hour or two. That was one of the few times where I woke up before Emily and this is when she had to wake up at like five o'clock in the morning. And then she turned on the light and I was like, okay, I'm going upstairs, bye. And then like I ran upstairs and like to get the download finished and like everything started. And she was just like, who are you? What is going on? Like, and it was before I got my dog too, before I, you know, I would sleep in until like 10, 11 o'clock. Um, but other than that, like I've always had a good time, but you just, it does just get stale after a while. So, and I, I don't know if that's on Bungie's end. I don't know if that was on Activision's end. I'm hoping it was on Activision's Well, we're end. about to find out. Yeah, there was <laughs> nothing. I would love nothing more than to be excited about this game again. Yeah. And Gambit's not going to do it for me. I don't think. <laughs> Gambit doesn't do it for anyone. Yeah. Except Rogue. hey No. no. Yeah, it's I true. I refuse to believe it. Mm-hmm. Shuri. Uh Speaking of things that does things for people. Have you guys seen Deadly Class? I didn't even know. It was I stay away from most classes. First yeah. of all, Deadly Class is one of the greatest concepts you could ever put on television because it's based on you guessed it another comic. Oh, is it X Men? It's better than X Men. Oh, right. Well, kind of. Actually, it's sort of like X Men, but if the Danger Room was the entire focus of everything. Is this just the episode where we talk about X Men knockoffs? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That should be the title of the episode, the one in which we talk about X-Men. <laughs> Deadly Class is what would happen if, say, Hogwarts was a school for assassins. Oh, okay. They've trained every great assassin in history, and they take kids from mob bosses, scientists, hmm. kids off the street, anybody looking to get ahead and... St- Stick it to the man. The original mission statement of the school is to overthrow the worst overlords. Yeah. So that's it. You get it surrounds this teenager named Marcus who is homeless. His parents have died when he was a kid because an insane woman threw herself out of a building and she crash landed on his parents, which is pretty, uh, pretty traumatic. Mm. So it's his one goal in life to kill Ronald Reagan, who at the time had defunded. Uh, mental health statewide mental health Hmm. or nationwide mental health he meets Saya uh, a girl from the Japanese Yakuza there's Petra a cool goth girl who's into poisons Uh, Victor a Soviet uh, wannabe sniper Hmm. who is huge and class bully and talks a lot like Avon Drago is there any any like any reference to Russia in anything that doesn't have a character named Victor well, true, but to be fair, this show does take place in 1988. Nailed it. So yeah. you'd imagine the Cold War being at its highest as sort of... Post-1988 post exclusively. Yeah. Gotcha. Doesn't have a jacket <laughs> yet. Yeah. No. Still yep. Cold War. Yeah. Uh, the coolest thing about it to me is the, the fashion and the music and stuff, because it's so firmly placed in 1980s culture. Which I think is the greatest decade I've never lived in, personally. <laughs> you know, I mean, I know you guys born a scant few years in, but <laughs> beyond that, you know, who's to say what this mysterious time could have been like? Thank you for television for showing us all. 
It could have been anything. Truly are. Yeah. Yeah. It could be anything. I just picture it being just an entire decade of Madonna videos. And Rick Astley. Yeah. yeah. Never given us. Well, up. you got a Vogue, you know. Mm. And Adam Anyway, Sandler. it's a cool journey for a bunch of characters. Just a bunch of teenagers who get in way over their head. They break the rules. They they get out. They go on trips. They do drugs. They have sex. Like, it's, it's a real, you know, it's a coming-of-age story for people who are all deeply, <laughs> deeply disturbed at a young age. <laughs> uh... The original comic is written by Rick Remender, who I don't want to call him a friend of the show because mm-hmm. he's never heard of us, but that I we know of everything he's ever done. So, uh, and drawn by Wes Craig, who I first was introduced to when he did work on Guardians of the Galaxy, but now this is his biggest jam. How how does the show hold up as an adaptation to the comic? It's pretty close. They give a lot of the teachers a little more depth, which I think is cool. Uh, Henry Rollins. Henry Rollins is in the show. I saw that, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. great. I love him in anything. And I, I, I think it's kind of interesting that he, his philosophy is kind of the same as... I don't want to say real life because I feel like I don't know him well enough, but characters he plays like Mad Stan and Batman Beyond where he's just all about the destruction of the establishment for the betterment of people. Hmm. Uh, yeah, he plays a really cool like poisons teacher in this and... I don't know. The whole show is just really wild. The way it's shot, the the actors in it, it's it's so it's really well done, especially for a sci-fi show where you think, "Wow, this is going to be some some B-grade garbage." And that's where you're going to go wrong cuz the minute you get invested in a sci-fi show, <laughs> it's over. It's over. For no reason. They will have the best most well-produced show they've ever had. And then they'll go, yeah, we don't want, it's too expensive. We don't want to make this anymore. And then they'll just make Sharknado 12. Oh, man. Are they already up to 12? I'm behind. I hope so. I mean, I'm not a fan of Sharknado. I don't know no, what you're yeah. talking I'm, about. I haven't seen any of them, to be honest. Oh, you're yeah. missing out, my friend. I watched the first yeah. one. Just get ready for stock images of sharks <laughs> oh, being God. interlaced with really crappy CGI tornadoes. The only uh, The only drawback I could see... And uh, Ellen, my girlfriend, definitely opened my eyes to this a little bit, is that uh, the show doesn't really offer too much that you haven't already seen before in other things. Kids Killing Kids is very... Battle Royale. Battle Royale, yeah. Yeah. Kids Going to a Mysterious Underground School is sort of Harry Potter. It takes a lot of these fun things you love and it kind of smashes them all together. But I don't know if it it does anything too original or things that would really surprise you, I guess. The narration of the main protagonist is written like a Frank Miller comic, which I think is very deliberate, but it's also very funny to hear a normal person try and talk like that. Stilted. Ending sentences. Not quite like Christopher Walken, (laughs) but more grim. I say check it out. There are seven episodes in. You can watch all of them on the sci-fi website. Directed by uh, the Russos. Oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention that. Dude, that's... that's Legit. Oh yeah, I probably should have led with that. That's uh, yeah, they got they got some real <laughs> quality control over these uh, these episodes. Interesting. Phenomenal. The production value looks really good on it. It's well done overall. That. The show is really well done, but just you know, don't uh, don't expect it to to blow your your mind. Or okay. Anything. Some mashups but. of stuff we already know are is pretty decent. I know I throw yeah. it all the time, but The Conjuring was one of my favorite movie, like one of my favorite horror movies. Is like yeah. there's really nothing new in a lot of that. It's just done really, really well, and it's satisfying, and yeah. it works. It can work. Kind of like Bird Box or so I hear. Like, <laughs> I still have yet to see it. 
actually just the other night Emily was like do you after me asking her how long has that been out for <laughs> yeah a couple it's been it's been a little bit been a little bit right so I like first came out I'm like oh I watch this no I have no interest I have no interest I don't know I don't know I don't know yeah and then one day like a couple days ago she goes do you have any interest in Bird Box and I was just like yeah yes I've been asking you for a while. What's wrong with you? I would like a monthly subscription of birds. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Well, imagine if that's what she meant. Ooh, I should ask Claire. For $19.99 plus tax, you'll get two mystery birds in every bird box. It's birds it's, it's plus a collectible t-shirt. It's always a pigeon. That's it's themed around pigeon. birds. A, damn it. We love birds. <laughs> you might get a red I'd like bird. you to meet Rod Burgundy. Burgundy? <laughs> it's pretty good. And with all that, that's going to be officially all the time that we have for tonight, this has been issue number 178 of the Bad Coyote Funky podcast. None of us can talk tonight. It's great. It's wonderful. Um, if you want to support support the support, that's a word. If you yeah, support if you, the show. If you want to support the show. Uh, there's a couple different ways you could do the, do so. Uh, I guess the most direct way would to be give the show a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. That's how it grows. That's how it gets more eyes on it, kind of all of that uh you could also if you have an amazon prime account hook that into your twitch account and uh give a free subscription which puts a little bit of money in our pockets and doesn't take any out of yours i don't know how it works it shouldn't but it's it's wonderful uh you could also go ahead and find us on facebook instagram twitter um if you want to listen to these episodes because you maybe tune in a little later or you want to tune into different episodes because you just found this episode we are like i said on apple podcasts we are also on spotify iHeartRadio, google play and wherever you find podcasts um remember we'll see you next time or we will see you another time